This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahi rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa al-aqibatu lil-muttaqeen wa la udwana illa ala al-zalimeen wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidil awalina wa al-akhirin nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa ba'd. Brothers and sisters, we'll continue today insha'Allah talking about the virtues of the blessed month of Ramadan and fasting and the good deeds that we're encouraged to do during this great and blessed month. Uh, let's study this hadith which is collected by Imam At-Tirmidhi, may Allah have mercy on him, Ibn Majah. And it is a sound hadith and it's also mentioned in another narration by Al-Bukhari or Muslim. The great companion Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu narrated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِذَا جَاءَ رَمَضَانِ فُتِّحَتْ أَبْوَابُ الْجَنَّةِ وَغُلِّقَتْ أَبْوَابُ النَّارِ وَصُفِّدَتِ الشَّيَاطِينِ مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ This is the narration of both Al-Bukhari wa Muslim. In this narration, the Prophet says, When the month of Ramadan begins, the gates of heaven are opened, and the gates of hell are closed, and the devils are chained. In the other narration by Tirmidhi wa Ibn Majah and others, and it's also a sound narration, Abu Huraira radiyallahu anh reported the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as saying, إِذَا كَانَ أَوَّلُ لَيْلَةٍ مِّنْ شَهْرِ رَمَضَانِ صُفِّدَتِ الشَّيَاطِينُ وَمَرَدَتُ الْجِنُ Whenever it is the very first night of Ramadan, because as you know that the night precedes the day. We begin praying tarawih before fasting. If today is the last day of the month of Sha'ban and tomorrow is announced as the first day of Ramadan and we're able to see the moon, we begin praying the tarawih. So once it is already announced that tomorrow is Ramadan and the crescent has been sighted, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fulfill the following. صُفِّدَتِ الشَّيَاطِينُ وَمَرَدَتُ الْجِنُ Satans will be chained. وَمَرَدَتُ الْجِنُ will explain a very common question which is, so how come that there is so uh, much corruption and mischievous behavior on earth if all the jinn and satans are chained? No. مَرَدَتُ الْجِنُ The very mischievous jinn. Because al-jinn are categories. There is an ordinary jinn and there is al-marid and there is al-ifrit depending on how terrible, how mischievous is their type. So the hadith refers to the worst types of jinn will be chained. The worst type of devils will be chained from the very first night of Ramadan. Once it is announced, a shayateen, the mischievous jinn, will be chained. Then, وَغُلِّقَتْ أَبْوَابُ النَّارِ In this narration, 
with the extensive form غلقت. There is a difference between غلقت and غلقت. In Surah Yusuf, امرأة العزيز وغلقت الأبواب. She closed the doors and she put the locks and she made certain that all the doors are perfectly locked. غلقت أبواب النار. All the gates of fire will be closed and locked. Not have way. No. Absolutely locked. فلم يفتح منها باب. You will not find any of the gates of fire open through the, throughout the whole month of Ramadan. From the very first night until the last one. Then وفتحت أبواب الجنة. And how many gates for fire? In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لها سبعة أبواب لكل باب منهم جزء مقسوم. النار, the fire of hell has seven gates. While النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم has informed us that الجنة has eight gates. And as you remember in the previous episode, we mentioned that one of those gates is known as باب الريان. The fasting persons will be invited to enter until the last one of those who observed fasting in the dunya will enter. Then it will be closed and no one will be able to enter through this gate anymore. This is exclusively for al-sa'imin. So whether Babu rayyan or the remaining gates, seven more gates of heaven, they will be wide open. Puttihat abwabu al-jannah. فَلَمْ يُغْلَقْ مِنْهَا بَابٍ وَيُنَادِ مُنَادٍ And a caller from heaven will proclaim the following message. يَا بَاغِيَ الْخَيْرِ أَقْبِلْ الْبَاغِي is a seeker of, O seeker of goodness and righteousness. Come forward. This is the right time to achieve your righteousness. This is the right time to build up an asset of good deeds and multiply your word. وَيَا بَاغِيَ الشَّرِّ أَقْصِرْ And O seeker of evil, stay away. This is not the right time to commit evil and to spread mischief on earth. يَا بَاغِيَ الْخَيْرِ أَقْبِلْ وَيَا بَاغِيَ الشَّرِّ أَقْصِرْ وَلِلَّهِ عُتَقَاءُ مِنَ النَّارِ وَذَلِكَ فِي كُلِّ لَيْلَةِ And on every single night, of the nights of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala releases a list of names of his servants. This list is known as the list of the utaqa, plural of atiq. And al-atiq is the freed person. Ya'ni Allah, the Almighty, on every single night of Ramadan, frees certain number and names of his servants from the fire of hell. Which means whosoever's name will be listed in this list, will never enter an-nar, will never be touched by the fire of hell. وَلِلَّهِ فِي كُلِّ لَيْلَةِ عُتَقَاءِ مِنَ النَّارِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Sa'd, جَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ مُفَتَّحَةً لَهُمُ الْأَبْوَابِ The gates of heaven will be open wide for whom? The Eden Gardens, for the believers, for the righteous. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them and and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has informed us that those gates are very wide very huge 
It's not like any of the gates of the dunya. As a matter of fact, the Nabi وسلم, described the distance, the gap between the two sides of any of the gates of Al-Jannah as the distance of traveling for 40 years. If one is traveling for 40 years from one end to the other end, the two sides of any of the gates of Al-Jannah, yet people will be very crowded because we're talking about, you know, human beings from the very first to the very last. It will be very crowded. But no one will be missed if anyone whose name is in the list of النار, or those who shall enter paradise whether because he is from amongst the fasting persons to enter from the gate of As-Sa'imin or the charitable ones to enter from the gate of Al-Mutasaddiqeen or the martyrs to enter from the gate of Al-Shuhada they will all make it insha'Allah but in fact, the very first person to enter Al-Jannah will be Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In the sound hadith which is collected by Imam Muslim, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that he will be the first to knock on the door of Al-Jannah and the first person whose the gates of heaven will be open for him. As he said sallallahu alayhi wasallam. فأخذ حلقة بباب الجنة فأقعقعها. The حلقة is a ring. It's like you know those rings which we have on the old doors in order instead of ringing the bell to knock on the door. So النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم جاءه في one of those rings and he will shake it and move it. Then it will be said to him, who is this? And he will say, صلى الله عليه وسلم, this is Muhammad. So the guards of Al-Jannah will open and they would welcome Prophet Muhammad He said, فَأَخِرْهُ سَاجِدًا And I will prostrate myself in sujood. لِلَّهِ عَزَّ جَلَّ This is sujood of shukr, thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for entering Fadas and for being the very first person to enter Al-Jannah. The khaz in the guard of Al-Jannah will say, I was ordered not to enter the gate of heaven to anyone before you sallallahu alayhi wasallam also it has been mentioned in the hadith which is collected by al-bukhari and muslim that it will be said to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam adkhil min ummatika man la hisaba alayhim min al-bab al-ayman min abwab al-jannah call the members of your ummah who shall enter paradise without previous reckoning from the right gate of paradise may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst them so as he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the gates with different names, depending on which field, which area of goodness or righteousness that you excelled in, whether in fasting, praying at night, giving in a charity, jihad for, for the sake of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, And this is how you will find a seat in heaven. Fasting is and has been made a very prominent reason to enter Al-Jannah, whether from the gate of Ar-Rayyan or otherwise. Why? Because in order to enter Al-Jannah, you need first to get rid of your sins. Normally, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the reward of heaven, He says, مَغْفِرَةٌ then paradise, forgiveness and paradise. وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضِ سَابِقُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ دِنْ وَجَنَّةٍ 
Number one, forgiveness. Then the second is heaven. In order to enter Al-Jannah, you have to get rid of your sins first. And your good deeds have to outnumber, outweigh your bad deeds. Fasting would do this job. As the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, that man sama ramadana imanan wa ihtisaban ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min zambih. It's a sound hadith narrated by Abu Huraira. May Allah be pleased with him. He who observes fasting during Ramadan out of faith in Allah and anticipating the promised word from his Lord, all his previous sins will be forgiven. Then the second hadith, and whosoever prays at night during the nights of Ramadan out of faith and anticipating the promised word from his Lord, all his previous sins will be forgiven. And obviously we're talking about the minor sins. So fasting will forgive those sins. Mountains of sins will be forgiven automatically without paying attention to their forgiveness simply because of observing fasting during the day and praying at night during Ramadan. <coughs> and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam once Raqiyal member was climbing the pulpit. Then he said, Ameen, 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 three times. And the word Ameen means, Allahumma stajib, O Allah, accept this invocation. Amen. Then he delivered his sermon. Afterward, the companion said, O Prophet of Allah, we heard you say thrice Ameen. What is it for? The Prophet said, That was Jibreel. He came earlier to me and he said, Ya Muhammad, رغم أنف عبد أدرك أبويه أو أحدهما ولم يدخله الجنة. which means may he be disgraced, humiliated, and his nose be rubbed against the dirt. the person who witnesses one of his parents or both of them at an old age, and he does not serve them properly, does not take care of them. Is not dutiful to them so that he shall enter paradise through them. If a person witnessed the life of his parents at an old age and did not gain forgiveness and could not make it to heaven through their obedience, may he lose because he's already a loser. Say Ameen. Jibreel said to the Prophet. So he said Ameen. Then he said to him, May he lose, may he be disgraced and humiliated. Who? A person who witnesses the month of Ramadan and still does not gain forgiveness. He deserves it. He is such a loser. Ramadan comes with a package of mercy, forgiveness, and gates of heaven are open, and the gates of fire are closed, and Satan's are, are chained. What else do you need? Just make a simple effort. If you still could not seize this opportunity and gain the maximum out of it, gain forgiveness for your sins, increase the balance of your good deeds, reserve a seat in heaven through the gate of Arayan, then such person is a loser. He deserves to be a loser. Say Ameen. So the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Ameen. Then he said, ذكرت عنده فلم يصلي عليك صلى الله عليه وسلم 
May he lose. May he be disgraced and humiliated. Who? A person whose name will be mentioned. Your name will be mentioned before him. And he does not say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He does not send the peace and the blessings upon you. What does it mean? It means ascending the peace and the blessings upon the Prophet ﷺ is one of the greatest deeds. Especially if your name has been mentioned in the presence of people, then those people, every audience, you see, if somebody sneezes and somebody says to him, Yarhamukumullah, that's it, that is sufficient. We don't have all of us to say, Yarhamukumullah, Yarhamukullah, Yarhamukallah. One person will be sufficient. But once the name of the Prophet ﷺ is mentioned, all the audience should say, وسلم, May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him. So the person who would hear your name and does not send the peace and the blessings upon you, may he be humiliated and disgraced. Say, Ameen. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Ameen. And this hadith is collected by Imam Bukhari in his book, Al-Adab Al-Mufrad. Futihat Abwabu Al-Jannah, Gullikat Abwabu Jahannam, Wasilsilat Al-Shayateen. In another hadith which is collected by Al-Tabarani, Al-Nabiyu Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, If'alu al-khayra dahrakum, wata'arradu linafahati rahmatillah. Yani, do good deeds throughout the year, as long as you live, day and night. But there are specific times which you guys have to seize their virtues, such as the day of Arafah, the tenth of Muharram, Laylatul Qadr, Ramadan in general, the first ten days of the month of Dhul Hijjah, and so on. That is the meaning of rahmatillah, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showers his servants with mercy, with extra mercy, with extra credit, with extra forgiveness during certain times. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends those nafahat, virtuous times to certain servants of his and only certain people will benefit out of them. Ask Allah to be among them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from among those who seize those opportunities by doing virtuous deeds. Allahum amin. Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said in the hadith which is narrated by Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu Man sama yawman fi sabili allahi ba'ad allahu wajhahu anin nari sab'ina kharifa He who observes fasting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for one single day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will distance his face yani will distance him entirely from the far of hell, the distance of 70 years. The word kharifan is one of the four seasons which is the fall. And this is a highly sound hadith agreed upon its authenticity. Every servant of Allah who observes fasting for one day for the sake of Allah, Allah will draw his face farther from the hell fire to the extent of a distance to be covered in 70 years. But with regards to the word fi sabilillah, the ulama have two different opinions. The word mansama yawman fi sabilillah. Some scholars say the word fi sabilillah, once it is mentioned by itself, it refers to observing jihad on the battlefield, a legitimate jihad in a legitimate war. 
And he said, well, examine ayah number 60 of Surah At-Tawbah, the ayah which is speaking about the categories of those who are eligible to receive the zakah. One of them is, وَفِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And the Mufassirin and the scholars and the Jews are said, فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ for jihad. One of the means of spending the zakah fund is to prepare the Muslim army and to support the soldiers and to buy weapons and to manufacture means of uh, war. So they said, then the meaning is that he who happens to fast while he's on the battlefield or in an army post, even though it is very hard, it is very difficult, but he's observing fasting despite this hardship for the sake of Allah, then he will be distant from the far of hell, the distance which will be covered in a journey of 70 years. The other opinion says, no, it is much more general than that for the following reasons. Number one, because the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, It is not righteous to fast while traveling. What about fasting on the battlefield? Where the person is encouraged to eat, to drink, in order to have enough support to face and confront the enemies. In other case, whether this is the case, on the battlefield only or in general that also applies to the month of Ramadan or any voluntary fasting. Why? Why fasting would send the person farther from the far of hell 70 years? The distance of traveling for 70 years, that's a lifespan. Why? Because whenever you're fasting, you distance yourself from the shahawat and you overcome your desire to do what is forbidden. And anar, the far of hell is surrounded with temptations with what is prohibited. So for distancing yourself from temptations and what is prohibited, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you the reward from the same type of your own work and will push you further away from the far of hell that much distance. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst them. Let's take a short break and we'll be back inshallah in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back. So opening the gates of Al-Jannah and closing the gates of An-Nar whenever Ramadan enters is relating to inviting the fasting persons to enter Al-Jannah from the gate of Ar-Rayyan on the hereafter. And also is relating to distancing the fasting persons from the far of hell as much as they have fasted. So for each day, whether it's Ramadan or any voluntary fasting, it will be 70 years traveling distance. And there is another narration which talks about 100 years or 500 years. But by the way, there is no conflict because the Arab normally used number 70 uh, to refer to the infinite numbers or a very huge number. So when it says 70 times does not necessarily mean literally 70 years or 70. Rather, as when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, استغفر لهم أو لا تستغفر لهم إن تستغفر لهم سبعين مرة لن يغفر الله لهم. So number 70 according to the Arabic language, is used to magnify the number, 
the distance, and so on. So there is another hadith narrated by Abu Umam al-Bahili and in this hadith the Nabi also speaks about the virtues of fasting and how much distance it will keep you from the farafil and this is what we need those will be pushed away from fire what will happen to them then admitted to al-jannah it's like you know in between al-nar and al-jannah you've been distant from the farafil you're getting closer to al-jannah the further you go away from Annar, the closer you approach paradise until you make it safely to Al-Jannah. Those are the means which will facilitate for any of us entering paradise. So he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man sama yawman fi sabili Allahi, ja'ala Allahu baynahu wa bayna al-nari khandaqan kama bayna al-samai wal-ard. Collected by Tirmidhi. And Imam al-Abbaniya, may Allah have mercy on him, judged the hadith as fair. Whosoever observes fasting for the sake of Allah, even for a single day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create a ditch, a trench between him and the, far of him and the far of hell. That ditch is as wide as the distance between the heavens and the earth. Which means, inshallah, you'll be safe. Inshallah, if you, if you fulfill fasting properly, you will not enter Annar. This is what the Prophet ﷺ is trying to tell us for a single day of fasting. And there is still more to come. But one has to understand that that means the person has to safeguard his fasting. Has to observe fasting properly because there are a lot of people who do fast but from eating and drinking. And they are messed up with other things. And their fasting will be nullified it will be void from the reward. It won't be effective because the whole idea behind fasting and the wisdom behind it is to attain this righteousness. But if the person is not doing anything to attain it, then fasting is mere hunger and thirst. In the sound hadith which is agreed upon its authenticity and narrated by Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, the Prophet said, إِذَا كَانَ صَوْمُ أَحَدِكُمْ إِذَا كَانَ يَوْمُ صَوْمِ أَحَدِكُمْ فَلَا يَرْفُثْ ولا يصخب فإن سابه أحد أو قاتله فليقل إني صائم أجين إذا كان يوم صوم أحدكم فلا يرفث ولا يصخب فإن سابه أحد أو قاتله فليقل إني صائم agreed upon its authenticity the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم says in this hadith when any of you is observing fasting on a day, he should neither indulge in obscene language, nor should he raise the voice. And if anyone addresses him with foolishness, insults him, tries to quarrel with him, he should say, I'm fasting. I'm observing fasting. Whether to say it out loud, that is in the case of fasting during Ramadan, to remind the assaulting person. And to remind himself, hey, we are in Ramadan. Let's behave ourselves. Let's not give room to Satan. The worst Satans and the mischievous jinn are being chained. What is remaining? Us, our desire, our inner desire, and some weak shayateen. Let's not give them a chance. And if the person is fasting, voluntary fasting, should say to himself, 
not to show off with his fasting. I'm fasting. Hey, man, behave yourself. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if you suppress your anger and you control your temper in a situation like that, Allah will give you this and this and that. Remember? So fasting will constantly remind the person, which means it will eventually train the person to be a better individual, to adopt a better uh, uh, manner, conduct, and code. That is the meaning of saying, إني صائم إني صائم I'm fasting I'm fasting I shouldn't be reacting the same I shouldn't be doing foolish things like him when you have a chance to look at anything which is forbidden now because you're fasting it is more worthy to lower your gaze it is commanded throughout the year at any time day or night but when you're fasting it is more why because النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم said in the following hadith which is also narrated by Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه مَنْ لَمْ يَدَعْ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةً فِي أَنْ يَدْعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ And this is a sound hadith collected by Imam al-Bukhari which means if one does not give up lies and false conduct Allah the Almighty has no need that he should abstain from his food and drink. The whole idea behind starving yourself and feeling thirsty is to avoid sins, is to suppress your anger, is to straighten yourself, is to remember his countless blessings and favors upon you. But when all of that is not in your mind, does not even cross your mind, and you're just hungry and thirsty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need for this hunger and thirst. This is what the Prophet says. He exhorts those who are fasting to fulfill all the requirements of fasting. One should not conduct himself in such a manner that on one side he's fasting and on the other side he does not even fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is some sort of hypocrisy. That's why fasting should bring the person, the servant, closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why we call fasting a school. The school of fasting. When you enroll in a school, when you attend the course and you get the certificate, by the end, and you pass the test and you're very proud of yourself, that means you're qualified. You completed certain number of hours of true study. Ramadan. Every single night during the month of Ramadan, Allah releases a list of names of those whom he will free from the far of hell. He's not just gonna free them because they look nice or because of their complexion or because of their position or even positions. No. What really matters, the determining factor based on which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will determine your fate and then furthermore your category and your rank in heaven if you happen to enter Al-Jannah is righteousness. Righteousness, taqwa, that is the same goal and objective of fasting. Why do we fast? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Muslims in the Middle East are facing a very big challenge. In Ramadan, more than Muslims who are living abroad. Why? Because the party of Ash-Shaytan, they work all year round to prepare for the month of Ramadan in order to ruin it 
and make many of the Muslims waste this opportunity. How? How does this happen? When I travel all over the Muslim world in the Middle East, and you see signs, advertisements, and commercials about series, movies, shows, some of which are very evil. Imagine recently there is a series which is discussing family incest, adultery within the family, family members, fathers and children and brothers and sisters. That is being discussed in a play, in a series to be aired in Ramadan on every single day. You can be performing Umrah and you get to watch this. In Muslim countries, many Muslims do not know about Ramadan, but it is abstaining from eating and drinking. Then when it is iftar time, they break their fast by lighting a cigarette. And once they break their fast, they go out to dance, to sing, to attend parties, and so on. So and Nabi Sallallahu is warning them, fasting is not like that. مَن لَمْ يَدَعْ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةً فِي أَنْ يَدَعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ Well, if you don't change to the better, of course, if you don't abstain yourself from what is forbidden, then hunger and thirst won't do you any good. Allah is not interested in this hunger and thirst. It's a package of improving yourself or becoming a better person. So brothers and sisters, whether this sin is been done in front of us and we witness it, such as those who are sitting before the screen and watching, a play after another, a game after another, a movie after another, what a waste. You never know when you will have another chance like this and whether you will have another chance or not. You may not even get to witness the next Ramadan. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Ameen to the dua of Jibreel Alaihi Wasallam. If you waste it and you enter Ramadan and you leave from Ramadan without being forgiven, the Jibreel prayed against you and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Ameen. May he lose, may he be disgraced and humiliated. Last but not the least in this episode, brothers and sisters, uh, there are a few observations and uh, injunctions that I would like to share with you in the remaining few minutes, such as many people, uh, they forget and they eat or drink while fasting. And unfortunately, they do not know. So some people say, I already ruined my fasting. Let me eat or let me drink. Or let me have a relationship with whom? No. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the sound hadith, which is narrated by Abu Huraira radiyallahu an, إِذَا نَسِيَ أَحَدُكُمْ فَأَكْلَ أَوْ شَرِبَ فَلْيُتِمَّ صَوْمَهُ فَإِنَّمَا أَطْعَمَهُ اللَّهُ وَسَقَى If any of you, while fasting, forgetfully, eats or drinks, he should complete his fasting for Allah has fed him and given him to drink. This hadith which is a sound hadith applies to the fasting during Ramadan or even the voluntary fasting. Rufi'a'an ummati al-khata' wa'an-nisyan wa'mastukrihu alayh 
Allah would not pardon us if we do anything out of forgetfulness or by mistake or by error. And we need to spread this news. So if the person happened to eat or to drink, even a full meal, continue fasting. Once you remember, what if the food is halfway in your mouth, spit it out. Do I have to induce vomiting? No, because if you do, you avoid your fasting. Do not induce vomiting. But whatever is still in your mouth cavity, spit it out. Whatever of drink is in your mouth, spit it out. Similarly, brothers and sisters, when you hear the adhan, the real adhan for fajr, once you hear the adhan, then you must stop eating and drinking. Some people refer to the hadith which says, if you hear the adhan and the glass is on your mouth, finish it. That is concerning the first adhan, because fajr has two adhans. The real adhan, which used to be called by Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum. And the alerting adhan, uh, sometime before fajr, 15, 20 minutes nowadays in the harams, like an hour before fajr, is to alert people to get up, those who like to have suhoor, those who like to pray, this is waktu sahar, the best time. Okay, so this adhan does not uh, prevent you from eating and drinking because we begin fasting. If you're fasting, and Nabiu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said you have to be extra careful when you come to make wudu. Because alistin shaq, which is washing your nose during wudu, is highly emphasized. He says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Perform wudu properly. And Cleanse the base of your fingers and sniff water deep into your nose, except when you're fasting, lest that the water may enter into your mouth or into your esophagus, and then you will be doing this deliberately. But if you, if you even drink completely out of forgetfulness or by mistake, then that is pardoned and that is forgiven. I, uh, I wish I have a prayer table to show you every masjid, every Islamic center in America. And if you pull out any prayer time, timetable for the prayers during Ramadan, you'll notice that in Ramadan, there is an extra time, then extra table than any, any other month. There is Fajr, Zuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, and there is Imsak, which is before Fajr. It is approximately 15 minutes before Fajr. So many people, especially those who do not live close to, uh, 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 those who do not live close to a masjid or do not have an access to hear the adhan, they go by what is known as imsak. Imsak means withholding. You shouldn't be eating, you shouldn't be drinking, you should start fasting from now. That's not permissible. And it is an act of innovation. Because the Prophet وسلم, said that do not stop eating and drinking. If you want to continue eating and drinking, do not stop by simply hearing the adhan of Bilal. Because Bilal alerts the people 
to get ready before the real fajr, but it's still at night, so you can resume eating and drinking if you want to. But people who impose on others by printing those timetables, the prayer tables, and saying that, Imsak, I was in some masajid and during i'tikaf, if anyone eats after this, some people will consider it like taboo, you broke your fast, you're not supposed to be eating and drinking. No. As a matter of fact, I do that deliberately in order to announce this is not the Fajr time. The Quran is very clear and obvious in this regard. It says, وَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ And we discussed the meaning of this ayah in the very first episode. Aisha radiallahu anha narrated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would wake up at Fajr time in a state of janaba. So he would take bath before dawn and observe fasting. What does it mean? This is a very common question. And many people are confused in this regard. If the person happened to enjoy this relationship, legitimate relationship with his or her spouse, they had sexual relations, and then they slept, do they have to perform ghusl before fajr? What if the adhan is being called and they are in a state of janaba? So what? This janaba will be removed once you take a shower with the intention of performing ghusl even after adhan. What really matters is to pray fajr on time. And there the Prophet ﷺ may have had a relationship and then he would rest, then he will get up to perform ghusl even after the adhan, but he will still pray the fajr on time. And that is the meaning of it was listed in the same ayah of has been made lawful to you to embrace sexually your spouses when at night during Ramadan until when until whenever it is actually dawn. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we don't have to go out to look forward for dawn by ourselves. Rather, it is known. Dawn in Brazil at this time, in Houston, Texas at this time, in New York City at this time, in Lahore in Pakistan at this time. That's it. So, this is the time where you should actually stop eating, drinking, and having a relationship, and begin fasting. She also said, along with the mother of the believers, Ummu Salama radiyallahu anhuma, kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yusbihu junuban min ghayru hulm, thumma yasum. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sometimes will get up in a state of janaba, and uh, he would announce that he's fasting, he will announce if this is a voluntary fasting because you may intend fasting even after Fajr if it is voluntary. But in the case of Ramadan and the mandatory fasting, which means you must formulate an intention before Fajr. So you begin the day from the beginning. That's why we intended to fast for the whole month of Ramadan from the first night. Some scholars require an intention for each day 
and some say, well, one intention is enough. Well, it's already known that it is the month of Ramadan. And the intention is not to be said, I intend to fast tomorrow. No, rather, you got up to eat suhoor, even a sip of water. Why? Because I'm fasting tomorrow. That is your intention. The intention is in the heart and does not have to be pronounced. Brothers and sisters, أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته to be the best and give his best religion to them Allah our God is the greatest the one and only glory to him he born in humans to be the best and give his best religion to them so why did they ignore that forgetting all about him in paradise worshiping cows fire and stones Selling the best with the cheapest price. So why did they ignore that? Forgetting all about hell and paradise. Worshipping cows, fire and stones. Selling their best with the cheapest price.